Hey girls, welcome back to the Hurt Podcast. We are finishing this last called Untangle Her, and I'm super excited to introduce to you tonight to our special guest speaker. Her name is Sarah Connor. She's an amazing pastor, women's pastor. She does a lot of different things on social media. So thank you, Sarah, for being on. How are you? I'm doing better than ever, living my best life. <laughs> Yes, amen to that, especially during quarantine. Yes, <laughs> especially during quarantine. Yeah, how are you doing with everything? Well, I, I look forward every day to going to the club at Target, you know. Um, okay. Yes, that's like the highlight of my day. If I need nothing, I still go. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that too. I just I go. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I can relate. I I used to buy so many pointless things last week at Target and I was like, you know what, Holly, you just got to take a break. Like no more pointless things. <laughs> so I can relate. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight. I'm super excited to hear your heart and your story. Um, tell us a little bit about you and who you are, where you're from and what you do, and then we'll kind of dive into the topic. Well, I am a pastor here in Arlington, Texas, with my husband, Eben, and we've been pastoring for about 15 years. I was born and raised in Jamaica and ended up getting married out of Bible school, of course, because that's what Bible school does is, you know, <laughs> and ended up coming to the, yeah, to the States 25 years ago. And now we get to pastor and we have two kids that are 10 years apart. And so part of my untangle her will you know we'll kind of reveal a little bit more of that story but yeah. um yeah that's kind of what we've been doing and I get to go home all the time uh like maybe once or twice a year I do you know a lot of work there but I mm -hmm. yeah just um always enjoyed ministry I was raised in a Rastafarian home in Jamaica and eventually um ran away from home and when I ran away from home is when I had gotten invited to church and got born again during that period of running away home from home as a teenager. And so I just mm -hmm. gave my life to the Lord after that. Got really discipled very well and um, decided to go to Bible college, wanted to do nothing else but to spread the good news of how God had been so good to me because I had just, you know, sometimes you get to a place where you don't even like yourself or love yourself. So when I met yeah. God and he could love me when I didn't even like myself, that was like, wow. And so it's that was the game. Changer. Yeah. And yeah. it's still the same thing that keeps me today is actually not that I don't like myself, but a matter of I know myself. And so mm -hmm. with the limited knowledge I know about myself and God will still choose to use or um, allow me to still carry the gospel, you know, um, is amazing to me. So it's still the same thing. John 316 is what got me born again. And John 316 is still what holds me down. Yeah, that's, so that's so, kind of how it goes. That's so cool. So you're like a family woman. You, I follow you on Instagram and you do some amazing stuff with videos and you're starting a podcast soon. So I'm Yes, that's my plan. You're my mentor. So, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I have so many girls to share with you too. Aww. So as we get to this topic of Untangle Her, what mm. what is like when you when you heard this topic, what is the first thing that, you know, came to mind when whether it's in your past, high school, college, or even marriage, like what is something, what is a season in your life that was so tangled and that God had to really like sit you down and um, untangle you and just kind of heal you through the process? 
Um, wow, there's so many of them, but the, there's two that came to my mind. One uh, was before I was a pastor. I was just, um, you know, just a person attending Bible school. And yeah. my, my mother had gotten murdered in our home. And so she was stabbed to death um, over and over. And it unleashed a, a, fear, a spirit, spirit of fear over me. And so right. where I could sleep you know, before with my back to the door. No, I was sleeping with my face to the door. I was now just having nightmares and just different kind of things, just thinking somebody's going to kill me. The fear of not living beyond 40 because she was, I think, 42 when she died. So mm -hmm. just all of those things thinking, oh God, please just let me make it to 40. Please just let me make it to 40. I uh, had had a sister who had also died at 40. So I felt like it was some kind of curse trying to follow me. So the right. spirit of fear was just really on me and so I was just tangled with that because you know fear fear is like a barking dog its intention is just to make the car stop it can't do anything but it mm -hmm. makes you think it can you're in the car mm -hmm. you have the gas your pet your foot is on the pedal we can go but fear just flares things up and makes you think it's bigger than it is and so I had to deal with that and then the other thing that came to my mind was when I uh, we were married and we had a daughter and I wanted to have a son. Well, not a son. I just wanted another child because I'm from a family of seven. And so I was wanting like tons of kids and we couldn't get pregnant and we kept trying and trying. And so eventually we went to all the doctors and things uh, found out that his sperm count was too low to even do in vitro. And I wasn't having cycles at all. So I had eggs, but they just were shy. They just wouldn't want to come out. They didn't want to say hi. They didn't want to play. I was like, what? And so we ended up um, going to all these different specialists and things like that. And so what happened was, as this was happening, I was very upset and very disappointed and would, you know, all, you know, pout and go to God and say, you know, hey, I gave my whole life to you. You know, right. from I'm a teenager, I'm serving you. And, you know, I've not always been perfect, but I do have a perfect heart towards you, all, you know, and here it is. I'm now a pastor at this time and I'm praying for people and they're getting healed and I'm praying for people and they're getting pregnant and I'm praying for people and their deaf ears are opening and their eyes, cataracts are dropping off. And OK, so why? why what's happening here? And so mm -hmm. just you know, was just really getting entangled. And let me tell you what was entangling me because I didn't know I had the capacity for this until I was not getting what I wanted from God in the time I wanted it. Mm -hmm. So when it becomes very personal now, when, there's, when, when it really is something that matters a lot to you, there's some things we negotiate yourself from because we're already predetermined that it's not going to happen. So we're really hoping and we're not actually in faith. We just hope it works out, but we don't know it's going to work out. And so there's a difference between hope and faith. And so in this process, I was hoping God would feel sorry for me. I was hoping that God would see my faithfulness. I was hoping that God would just reach out and touch me and pass by. I was hoping that God will, you know, feel sad for me. And all of those things, I was really, God, please just have mercy when mm -hmm. really it was not faith. And I did not know I had the capacity for jealousy or envy until this happened because mm -hmm. I was now envious and jealous of people who were having babies and I had to go to all these baby showers and celebrate and do all these different things and I was happy for them but I was sad for me mm -hmm. and so you know envy makes you think that there's not enough for you mm -hmm. envy envy gives you the story that, that that God does not have enough 
So he only stops by and gives certain people. And so it's very disheartening. And so I ended up um, not realizing that I had the capacity for envy and jealousy until that happened. And, you know, yeah, I was in leadership. Yeah, I was a pastor, but yeah, I was struggling um, really hard with this whole, why aren't you answering these things, you know? And so I, I even wrote the whole book about it because, you know, I wrote the book called The Space Between because what do you do between here yeah. and there? No, and then, you know, mm-hmm. that and can be a week, that and can be a day, that and can be 10 years. And so it ended up happening that um, we went to these specialists and eventually, you know, they were saying that we really couldn't do anything other than a, a process called ICSI. And it was really expensive, like $10,000, $9,600 to do it. And so when we were going to, I, I wanted to do it. And my husband was like, we're going to sow that into the kingdom. I said, what? He said, yeah, we're going to sow it and take a chance on God. I said, oh, no, oh, no, this is not even happening. This, is, this, is, <laughs> this man is out of his mind. This is crazy. No, I want you to give it to that doctor and let's take a chance. He said, I'm going to take a chance on God. and We will find this $9,600 and we're going to sow it as an offering. I was so mad, Holly. I cannot even tell you. I just wanted to stab him. I just was like, this is not even happening to me. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad. I was sulking and everything. I remember coming home and he just said, you know, you need to go to the bathroom and pray. And when you believe, when you actually believe God, come out. And I was like, well, first of all, you're not my daddy. So you can, well, I don't know why you think you can boss me around. The whole time I'm walking to the bathroom, by the way, just telling you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> I went there and sat down in there and cried my eyes out and just cried till I couldn't cry anymore. And I was like, okay, God, what? And he says, you just don't believe me. You're hoping that, but you don't believe. And what if the work I'm trying to do, what if the miracle really is in you? And I said, well, yeah. no, but I don't want that miracle. I want that miracle outside. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so he said, but sometimes things change outside when I can fix you on the inside. Oh, that's good. And so I just ended up just surrendering just surrendering in that, in that moment. And um, I knew that I knew that even if I was 105, I was going to get pregnant. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a heart or a feeling that I would adopt or, you know, um, you know, do surrogacy or anything. I just really felt that this was going to be my path. And so I had to stick to that faith confession and that faith thing. And once I got into that, we went to a conference about two weeks later, gave the $10,000 in different pieces some was on credit some was on you know savings some was you know some was like hey we'll give it to you next week but we got ten thousand dollars and just sowed it as you know a seed on mm-hmm. our you know and we um we did that was you know and so when we did that it was about so that was in october 2009 2008 and then january came around and we were doing the church fast like everybody always does and I went and I said, let me just go and take a pregnancy test to make sure I'm not pregnant because I don't want to put my body through a lot if I, you know, if um, anything happens. Now, bear in mind, I don't have any cycles, Holly. Mm-hmm. There's no cycles. There's no evidence of I can ovulate. Yeah. Right. So you're hoping for the best. Right. And so there's no cycles. And they had told me when they were doing all the testing that they didn't even know if I had tubes because they couldn't get a proper reading. And if I had tubes, they were either collapsed or fully blocked. But they did it twice and they said, we don't want to do it a third time because we may damage it if there's any. But we can't get a reading on anything on you. Yeah. So I don't know. But January took that test and I was pregnant. And I couldn't believe it. So I took another (laughs) test. 
It was all God. It was either all God or nothing. And you knew right. Yeah. yeah. And so we I'm- ended up um, finding out that we really were pregnant and found out it was that I conceived a week after I sowed that seed. Wow. And so my kids are 10 years apart. Okay. I, di- I didn't wait five minutes. I didn't yeah. wait one year. I didn't wait two years. I waited many years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's really, you know, being entangled in impatience and jealousy and envy and disappointment and a roller coaster of riding between hope and faith and, you know, uh, trying to manipulate God with my tears, trying to make him feel sorry for me, all these different things that I'm trying to get him to do to give me the attention that I want and the answer that I want, not realizing that a lot of this journey was really about what I didn't know, the darkness that was inside my heart that I didn't know until it had to be laid on a threshing floor of desire that was so deep and so personal that it had to be sifted and shifted my entire being on that. And so once I was able to recognize I had that capability, then it totally changed my perspective because no, I had to shift because I had to properly celebrate people because God was still moving. I couldn't just uh, be selfish about it. And so I had to really go and try and work on, work on my heart myself, but they're, yeah, they're 10 years apart because of that. And so that would be, you know, another, those two would be the, the, the two that really came to my mind. I've had sexual assault. I've had, you know, I've been given uh, pills. So all of those different things, there's so many different things I've had to untangle myself from, but those were the two that jumped mm-hmm. to my mind at first. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's what an amazing story. So in the middle, I mean, I've learned, especially with my past and just the seasons I'm in and out of this year, there's so many different seasons that we walk through with God and some are hard and some are easy and some are confusing. And I have found it's in those seasons where you absolutely see nothing. And it's almost like David in the field where he just was in the field worshiping for years before he was even appointed to become king. And like God God knew where he was going to be. God knew his destination, but there was a season and a time for him to stay in that field and just worship and be a shepherd. And so I think it's, it's, it's confusing and it, and it's stressful. And especially as a woman, because I know for me, I'm like type A, I like to know the future. I like to know the details. I want to know what's next. And, you know, those things are good to have. Those are good gifts to have, but sometimes we don't have to know it all. Um, right. That's when faith steps in. And so during those seasons, obviously, you know, God blessed you through it, but it was probably super hard. And, you know, your faith level probably fluctuated quite a bit because you're trying to figure out, like, like you said, I remember you saying how, like, you would pray for all these girls and oh yeah, receive healing. And you're just like, where's my, I was faith? like, well, I, well, I was a little bit more raw with God with that. I said, do I need to get on drugs to have babies? Or like what? <laughs> Yeah, because my mom, my mom, yeah, my mom was like on crack and stuff like that. And so I'm not saying that to down anybody. I'm saying because I have personal experience with with this and this lifestyle. And I was thinking people who don't want babies have babies all the time. God, what what do I need to do? Like, do I need to just like be full blown in sin and don't want it? And then boom, it happens. Like, no. And so I was just ebb and flowing in between irritation and distress and hope and faith and 
and I was equating faith to a feeling of energy and faith is not a feeling, mm -hmm. nor is it a, a surge of energy, nor is it a, you know, oh, I'm happy today. Oh, I'm popping today. Let's do it today. That's not faith. Mm -hmm. That's just energy. Faith is a knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, and you cannot be moved off of it because you absolutely know that God is faithful to complete what he said he would do. And that he gave you a promise that he is not man that he should lie. And the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. So faith is no and faith is constant and faith is faith is founded in um, the word of God and understanding the character of God. Yeah. Now, when we ascribe human characters to a perfect God, the characteristics of perfect God, that's when we get in trouble. So if my human experience I am putting onto God, so I believe God as long as I can't control it. But if I control it, I don't really need to believe him today. So I'm really in faith. No, I'm really in faith with myself and with my own ability and with the work of my hands. But when now it's out of my control, okay, I take Clomid, it's put in my body in reverse. I can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're talking to me about using donor sperm because my husband doesn't have enough to do in vitro. So we can't do anything about that. So no, all the, all the things that you could try and do are just being knocked down, boom, 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 until you go, okay, apparently you want some glory. And apparently I'm just going to have to submit to this process. And the quicker we surrender, the better the success. But no, yeah, I absolutely was irritated and frustrated and, and cried and kicked my feet and shook my hands to the heavens and then came back and said, sorry, God, sorry, God, I didn't really mean it. I really didn't mean it. Yeah, no, I've <laughs> been know? there. For, I've, I've definitely been there in different seasons of my life where I like knew that I knew, but like he would take me through the, the long haul to get there and I'd get so frustrated, but it's like in those longer journeys that I had to really humble myself and actually like learn the hard way because I'm so stubborn with things. It's hard. It's, it's not, it's not a right. thing. If you had to go back, um, yes. obviously God blessed you with the kid and that's amazing. And now you get to share the yes. story with everybody. But if you had to go back to that Sarah in that season, in that mm -hmm. moment, what are three things you could encourage other girls about um, who are struggling with having kids or struggling with their faith that can relate to you? What are three things you would encourage these girls? If you well, back? yeah, if I would go back, I would say remember that many times the miracle is in you mm -hmm. that, you know, I would say, you know, really sit down and say, God, what are you coming after in me that I'm not aware of? You know, um, that would be one thing I wish I had recognized and, and, and thought of that earlier, right? Lord, because I always was thinking a miracle was an external thing mm -hmm. and always saw the miracle in the big thing but not understanding that sometimes the miracles are in the small shifts, you know, that, yeah. you know, so um, just really, I would say, you know, just really pay attention one to that too, you know, is really finding your way requires finding God and you get to get more of who you are, know who you are, the more you know who he is. And a lot of times are, it's hard to trust someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so when we struggle with trusting with, in God or trusting God, it's because we have fear and those fears come out of those disappointments. So I would say if I go, went back there, I would say, what are you afraid of, mm -hmm. Sarah? What are you afraid of? I'm afraid that it won't come to pass. I'm afraid that I you know, won't get the desire of my heart. I'm afraid that I'm being punished for sins that I've done, that I've already asked for forgiveness. Maybe I'm paying a consequence. Maybe I'm paying a price. 
I'm afraid that God is not really forgiving me. I'm afraid that, I mean, even though I know better, I'm still afraid that this thing is haunting me or these people are going to come and get me. There's still that. And so I would say, and the more I got to know the love of God is the more freedom I got from that fear because I understood unequivocally God really loves sorrow and he knows the wicked and he knows the wonderful and he knows the dark and he knows the light and still he loves sorrow. Mm-hmm. Sarah doesn't have to perform for him. Sarah doesn't have to earn her his love. Sarah doesn't have to do anything. It is because it is. And there's nothing I can do to change that. Nothing. I can't, I can't do any more right. And he loves me more. I can't do any more wrong. And he loves me less. Mm-hmm. God's love is just constant and consistent. So I would say I would want to dig into studying the love of God more because I was really thinking I love myself more than he did. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And I don't. Yeah. So I think I would want more for me than God would. And I don't. So understanding the love of God. And I think the last thing would be is really, um, is really understanding that there's a difference between hope and faith. And sometimes, you know, hoping can be motivated by um, stimulation, external stimulation. But faith is, faith is founded on the word, you know, and the just shall live by faith. When, you know, the woman was sick with the issue of blood and Jesus looked at her and he said in Luke, he said, what well, your faith has made you whole. Your faith over and over, he said, your faith has made you whole. I've seen great faith. And a lot of times we judge ourselves because we don't see what's ha- what we want happening. And we judge ourselves and we judge ourselves so harshly. And we say, hey, you know, uh, you're not good enough or um, your faith is not working or and we compare. And in that moment, I think I would look back and say, don't compare. Your race is your, is your race. Your faith is your faith. Mm-hmm. Believe in God against the feelings, against the odds. And I would just, you know, recognize that, hey, yeah, I'm getting, making my emotions get the better of me. I'm not saying not to have a bad day, but I was having days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was, what, what, what should have been a comma in my life? I was making like a mini series. Yeah. You know, this was like, you know, Mission Impossible to, chapter 17, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, oh, I was just making it more when really I just needed to relax in God and say, he's got this. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I had him at 36 years old, Yeah, you know, so I didn't have him like in my twenties, you know, um, but, but God was faithful. So I think I look back now and realize, man, I was tripping, yeah. you know, and I was stressing and I was, it would have worked out anyway. And I could have, I really felt I could have learned the lesson earlier that miracles happen all the time, but many times they happen in you. Mm-hmm. You are a miracle. You yourself carry miracles inside of you. You house the presence of God. And if we just, we still enough, he can still work miracles inside of us. And then those miracles manifest on the outside. So yes, there are absolutely miracles where people are raised from the dead and legs are growing out and things like that truly. But there's also everyday miracles that we may not be grateful for because we're looking for lightning and thunder. We're looking for manna from heaven and, and, and you know, fire. And Jesus is looking maybe for a conversation like the miracle with the woman we caught in adultery. Yeah. Her life was spared, but we don't see it as a miracle. You know, but it, it was her life was spared. She would have been dead. But he had an encounter, something that he was working on, something personal. So that's what I would, that's what I would yeah. encourage myself. Like, hey, girl, it's going to work out. It's going to work mm-hmm. out. You know, don't spend so much energy on that. Yeah, and stressing and worry and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. It's so good. Wow, mm-hmm. I love it. What a story about being tangled literally, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know. And a lot of girls battle with this, but no one really like likes to talk about it or just kind of throw it under the rug. But the truth is we're human and we all struggle with it. And there's going to be seasons in our life where we're really, really tangled up. But um, because of God's grace, he's willing to untangle us. And I, I think that's the beautiful message of this topic and just hearing different stories of different seasons of girls walking in and out of um what a cool story thank you so much sarah for sharing yes yes absolutely well thank you so much absolutely for being on the um podcast on the her podcast today it's such an honor to have you and i am so excited um for your podcast to come and we'll be sharing all of the love and girls going your way on your podcast girls make oh sarah connor on instagram um, she has a book, she's a pastor, incredible leader, and I'm just super excited and honored to have you. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to meet some of your girls and they can find me at Pastor Sarah. If they do Sarah Connor, they're going to find Roseanne Barr, Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor, the Terminator. <laughs> yes, look up- they're going <laughs> to <laughs> look up the pastors on Instagram. There is a different. Right. No H. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being on the Her podcast. And um, I look forward to hearing more of your story. Um, girls, make sure you follow her. She's an incredible person. And Sarah, thank you. No, thank you. And uh, her podcast followers, I just wanted to let you know that Holly is my podcast mentor. I just want to put it out there uh, that she has just, she's just lighting fire onto me to push me to do God's will. And I'm so excited and so grateful that you had me on here tonight and uh, today. And I'm so appreciative of all the seed you've sown just to give me the information that I need. You're such a blessing. And I pray thousand times multiplied on you that people will support this podcast, that people financially give to your ministry because you are sowing on the behind the scenes and may not know that the information and the time and things that you invest in other people like me, that's, that's invaluable. And so I just would really love to encourage people to be a part of that and to consider being a partner with you and, and helping this to continue because you give so much that you may not publicly advertise. But I just want to be a witness and say, she's so generous. She's so giving. And if possible, you know, be a blessing yeah. to her. So I know you didn't ask for that, but I just want to just thank put you that so there. much. I really appreciate it. Thank You're you so, so much. <laughs> All right. You have too. a good one. Thank you, Sarah.